everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, and you're listening to Marking Out. And remember, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> this is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spread it like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 537. 537. I know Chris hates when we say and, I think. But uh, check us out on our socials on Twitter at Marking Out, at BTTG161, also on Instagram at BTTG161, at Chris Sweendog, at David PTDPT. That's also on Instagram, uh, Marking Out 11 on Instagram, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, YouTube.com slash Marking Out 11. That's our Instagram as well, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com, Twitch.tv slash Marking Out. Of course, there's Apple Podcasts, there's Stitcher Radio, there's Spotify Podcasts, so much more, MarkingOut.com. Check it out. Um, here with Dave. Dave, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing very, very great. You know, it's the weather outside's been incredible. It has been, yes. You know, how about yourself? How, how have you been? I've been awesome as always. How was your week? It was, uh, it was hot. It feels <laughs> like uh, we didn't hot. really get spring. It jumped right into summer. I don't know about that. No? I felt like it, it's been cool out. and It's not like super hot. I don't know where these like... I've heard rumblings of like 80 degree weather. I don't... I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing that at all. Hmm. Although here Sunday I see the forecast is, is 80. Tomorrow's supposed to be 80. Yeah, I think next week it's going to... I think this weekend from what I saw, there was one day that was going to hit a max of like 91 or something. Wow. Yeah, you know, but hey, I cannot wait. I got to get down to that beach. That is a fact. I got to get to the beach a lot more often this summer. You coming with me? I am 110% not going to a beach. Well, that could When do you, when do you, when I, I would never volunteer myself to go to a beach. Ever. Well, you don't have to volunteer if you get kidnapped. No, I would never. Yeah, if I get kidnapped, I would never go to a beach. I went, I think, one time, the last time I went to a beach might have been, like, five years ago at this point, I think. Really? I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go to a beach. I got air conditioning in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I cannot wait to get down to a beach. I cannot wait to feel the sand, listen to the ocean, get that suntan, and chill. That's what I need. Yeah, I need some of that in my life, like ASAP. But nice. Yeah. How about your week? <laughs> Not much. I uh, I made some bolognese sauce, some homemade meat sauce. There you go. Used my homemade chicken soup in the in the recipe for the bolognese. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I wish I had more, but I don't. But uh, yeah, I didn't really do much. I, that was about it. Very cool. A, uh, I, uh huh. 
was going to say we had a pay-per-view, but you had more to say. Yeah, I mean, I I am taking a leap of faith. I am following uh, Chris's lead. I'm, I booked a ticket to go on vacation. Chris is going on vacation? Well, no, Chris was going for work. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you're but not he, following but his But I'm lead. following his lead with, <laughs> with jumping on a plane. You're, you're going on a plane to where? I am going to Chicago. Chicago? Got a, wow. Yeah, I got, me, got a meeting with, uh, you know, Punk. Maybe your old friend Colt Cabana? Yeah, I got a few meetings over there with, uh, you know, CM Punk, but... But it's not, it doesn't sound like, it's not really a vacation, is it? Ah, oh, Brandon, you know me too well. You're going well. for work, aren't you? So I'm, go- I'm going there to meet with a bunch of my teammates for uh, NPTE Final Frontier. Gonna meet up over in Chicago, and it's going to be incredible. Of course, we're gonna conduct some business there. Uh, there's a lot I want to do with the podcast that I also record for NPTE Final Frontier. Go check out NPTE Final Frontier podcast. Um, I want to do some recordings over there. So it's going to be business conducted as well, but a lot of pleasure as well. I mean, I've never been to Chicago before. Have you? You've never been, have you? No, and I have no idea why you keep calling it Chicago. I don't know. Help me out. Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> Duh. That's what I've been saying. You have 100%. Yeah, okay. Let's it's, run with that. It's You know, Brandon, it's probably the pop filter that I got. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what it's it is. Prob- but I think, yeah, it's probably... The- I think while you're in Chicago, you could uh, order some shirts at Pro Wrestling Tees and uh, pick them up live in person. You don't got to pay I really... I really am tempted to go over to that store just to even check it out and uh, find out Man, why. I should, I should give you an order. Yeah, I should find out <laughs> if our shirt is on display there. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> but I like you a, could also uh, you huh? could also pick up some Chicago style popcorn, half cheddar, half uh, caramel. It's delicious. I didn't know that was a thing. It is very much so a thing. It's delicious. Wow, I'm gonna have to. I feel like there's so much that I want to get done there. It's gonna be the Fourth uh, of July weekend. So it'll be a lot of fun. I want to go to Wrigley Field. Um, I'm a big uh, baseball history buff. So I say that, but I always forget the facts. But I want to see Wrigley Field really bad. Um, and chew a piece of gum. So you went to Wrigley. Yeah, right? That would be fantastic if it was only that simple. But <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be my first flight since this entire pandemic thing. And, you know going to be a little bit nerve-wracking it'll be interesting would you get back on airplanes anytime soon uh not yet how soon until the branding gets back on an airplane i don't know i have no idea right it's like i have absolutely no idea i i'm like for the first time in literally a year and like two months or so i'm going to a restaurant tomorrow so i i don't know Wow, I'll see. I'll see how That's I good. feel. Well, there. you you went to then, uh, you went to Poncho's no, that, but I did not eat there. I just went in. That was a quick, oh. a quick thing. That was it. Gotcha. This is like I'm going to be spending hours at. Mm-hmm. Because I like to sit and eat for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think we should move on. We had a pay-per-view this past weekend, WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Almost forgot that important WrestleMania part. Oh, so important part. 
kickoff show. I thought for sure, based off of WrestleMania, I didn't think we were going to have a kickoff show match, but we had Sheamus picking up the victory over Ricochet, which was an open challenge, non-title. Um, Ricochet and Mustafa Ali have been killing it on main event. So it was interesting to see Ricochet in here. I thought maybe it was like a last minute thing because he didn't, he didn't even have gear on, but this was a really good match. I agree. I'm I'm happy to see Ricochet being utilized again. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, we saw Sheamus cut a promo. Ricochet then takes his hat and jacket, which um, I guess they had to get a Jake Paul reference on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, but the actual main card kicks off. Rhea Ripley picks up the victory over Asuka and Charlotte to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte rocking some Cruella DeVille gear. Big pop for that. Um, And I think this was definitely the best version of Rhea Ripley and Asuka. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really enjoy this match. Afterwards, Charlotte pointing at the title. Coming after Rhea Ripley, it seems. Um, Yeah, I guess that's what's going to be happening with Ripley and Flair. But, I don't know, Flair looks a lot different. Yeah, I don't know why, but I don't know if she's changed. If she changed something main about event. her, but big main event, huh? It's the main event. I guess so. I guess so. After that, we had the SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. The Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, picked up the victory over the Dirty Dogs to become the new champions. On the kickoff show, the Dirty Dogs attacked Dominic. So it didn't even look like Dominic was going to be making it to the match. And I was like, yo, Rob Van Dam, his icons is out. Make him the champion, whatever. Make him tag with Rey Mysterio. They, they have history, whatever. Rob Van Dam was at uh, Wrestling Universe in Queens. So that was probably not uh, going to happen. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is a really cool match. Rey Mysterio started it by himself. And Dominic eventually got to the ring, and uh, I thought it was a really good match. I liked Rey Mysterio refusing to tag Dominic in, so he uh, Dominic tags himself in, and he eventually gets the victory there. He picks up the win. Hey, Rey Mysterio, and we got uh, the, I don't know how, this is the first father-son duo. Yeah. Like I liked Ray Mysterio had that uh, cool old school Batman gear. Yeah, that was really cool. I'm I'm kind of more taken back that this is the first father son duo. WWE stats pointed out that not only is it the first father son duo, Ray Mysterio Jr. first won the WCW Tag Team Championships at the age of 24, Dominic winning the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships at the age of 24. That's pretty cool. That's wild, you know. I, I'm still blown away by the statistic about the father-son. I mean, you have, I guess Dusty makes sense, but I feel like there's been so many father-sons in the business that I just don't know how over such a long period of time that's never happened. Maybe we'll get Roman Reigns as C- and Sika as the uh, second father-son. Hey, duo. never say never, but... Jay Uso and Rikishi? Jimmy Uso and Rikishi? Seems like Jay's not wanting anything to do with... Uh, well, not really, not anything. But, uh... Give it time, give it time. But next up, you had <laughs> the talk of the night. 
Priest, Damien Priest, that is, picked up the victory over The Miz in a lumberjack match that ended very oddly. Lumberjacks were zombies. Um, it's like, so a lot of people complained about this. They, uh, they did kind of mention this on Raw, and everybody overlooked it. Damian Priest was like, give me the Raw roster, give me the SmackDown roster, give me zombies or aliens, I don't care. (laughs) So here we got zombies. It was a tie-in with Batista's new film coming out on Netflix, which I think was super weird, seeing a Netflix movie being promoted on Peacock. But I liked certain aspects of this. I I didn't have a problem with the zombies overall. (sighs) Ah. It was goofy, but it had my attention. I don't know what to feel with it. Okay. I'm I mean, I'm not upset by it. I guess I'm more confused by it, but like it's advertisement for the for the Netflix series and everything like that, which Batista did movie, the opening. It? Uh, I think it's a movie. The opening promo. Yeah, but I think it's a movie, not a series. Oh, uh, okay. So the t- the movie, uh, Army of the Dead or whatever. But Batista did the opener for the pay-per-view too, which is yeah. pretty cool. But I don't know. It's, I mean, now I guess is the Miz dead? I don't know. I liked at one point though, Damien Priest and Miz teaming up to fight the zombies off. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a, It was like an Avengers film, sort of. It was. I mean, but then you also have a lot... Of, like, I don't know. You have a lot of people saying if AEW did this, then WWE fans would be up in arms. No, because guess what? WWE promised us zombies and then delivered us on zombies. <laughs> so, bam roasted. So it's not like an exploding deathmatch yeah, barbed wire exactly. explosion. Absolutely not. <laughs> And to top it off, we got Scotty Too Hottie back on a Backlash pay-per-view. That I did pop for. I didn't even know it until I saw it on Twitter, and I think that's I don't think really... anybody. Huh? I don't think anybody knew it that, until then. Yeah, so that, that was really cool. They announced uh, WrestleMania Hell in a Cell will be on June the 20th. Um, That's, I think, nothing. Never mind. I forgot what I was going to say. It happens to me all the time. That's yeah, that's what happens with age, Brandon. How old are you turning? 43? Uh, it was already 32. You see? That only shows that I am older than you. I'm Shane McMahon jumping off the Hell in a Cell onto Undertaker old. <laughs> no, WrestleMania 32. Oh, okay. Bianca Belair picked up the victory over <laughs> Bailey to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. That was a good match. Bailey uh, cheated a bunch in this, but Bianca Belair overcomes it and then cheats herself, kind of. I don't know if it's cheating. She used her own hair again. We saw this at WrestleMania to pick up that victory. How do you feel about that? Hmm. I don't know. I'm a little bit indifferent on all of that. What's your take? I just I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's fine that she's using her hair. It's uh interesting. I don't know if she should necessarily be cheating. 
I felt I didn't like that on uh, AEW Dynamite this week. I discussed it earlier, or I'll discuss it later, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on when it fits funny. in. No, it's definitely after the fact. But uh, Moxley, uh, Moxley used the boom box. He's a face. What does he got to cheat for? I Well, I mean, because Moxley's hardcore. Yeah, but uh, I still don't think the face needs to cheat like that all the time. I don't know. Sometimes I don't see it as cheating. I see it as... I mean, okay, is it by the books cheating? Yes. But if it's something that the heel uses and then the face uses it on the heel, it's a fun pop from the fans. Like, it's... As... Which that, that did happen at uh, on Dynamite. But again, I still just like... I don't know. I don't I don't need faces cheating all these times. I don't know. They're not Eddie I'm, Guerrero. I'm fine with it. I see it as something back in the day where nothing comes to mind. But back in the day where um, <laughs> We're off the rails, where the heel goes for the chair and he's going to hit the hit the face with the chair and then the chair gets slid into the ring but the face gets to it first and then I'll give the you knee. I'll give you the most classic example that I could think of perhaps maybe when mankind won the WWF championship there was a bunch of heel stuff oh, going dude, on, and I then still, Steve Austin I, came out. I still house. mark out every time I see that clip. Yeah. I mean, uh, next match, though, we saw Bobby Lashley retaining the WWE Championship over Braun Strowman and Dre McIntyre, which I think this match was way better than the build for this match it was done on Monday Night Raw. I enjoyed the heck out of this match. A lot of people complained about this pay-per-view, and I think it really just came down to the fact that they had zombies on it, and it was not believable. Mm -hmm. I thought this was overall a really good pay-per-view. That double suplex spot that Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre did to uh, Braun Strowman. That was a cool cool. spot. Braun Strowman hitting that running somersault off the apron. Mm -hmm. Cool. McIntyre hitting the, the Michinoku driver even on Braun Strowman. That was a beast. That was a beast move. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this. And Lashley came in at the last second after going through the LED board. Got some uh, AEW, uh, I was going to say revenge. I don't even remember what it was called at this point. <laughs> Kenny Omega and uh, Moxley sparklers at the uh, Lashley spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Match after that, the main event saw Roman Reigns pick up the victory over Cesaro to retain the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns at one point had, uh, at the beginning, had Jey Uso stay back. Yeah, I, which I was fine with. Yeah, I liked it. He said he was sounding too much like Jimmy, so I'm doing this by myself. And Roman Reigns, man, this was a hard-hitting match. He worked Cesaro's arm for a good 15 minutes in this. Yeah. And I thought it was fantastic. We did not see the Usos at all. We did not see Seth Rollins at all during it. Nope. I was uh, so sure we were going to see both of those aspects there. You, of course, thought we were going to see Cassius Ono, but... Uh, I Yeah, I, there was a part where I was just like, maybe, oh no. I don't know. I still... Do you think that he is going to come into WWE at some point? Uh, he's already fired. I don't know. He's been released twice now. I don't know. He's, yeah, but he hasn't been anywhere. It sucks because he's like way too good to not be scooped up from somebody. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like when a wrestler gets released 
and then ha- doesn't appear anywhere at all, it makes me like suspicious that they're training very quietly to make a return at some point. You think Mojo's making his return to WWE? Going to be WWE champion anytime soon? Hey, you know, it's all about that hype. Mm. Well, he stays that. But yeah, afterwards, but- Jay Uso came out, put the uh, the necklace around Roman Reigns' neck, and then attacks Cesaro. Jay Uso goes to the top for a splash. Seth Rollins comes out, beats the absolute hell out of Cesaro. Pay-per-view ends. I thought it was a, a nice ending. Um, the Rollins, I don't know why. I always forget about the Rollins aspect. And I like how Rollins has such a grudge versus Cesaro. And Cesaro is just focused on Reigns. Um, do you think this is going to become a triple threat? No. No? No. So then how are you going to... Okay, so how are you going to separate... What are you doing for next, next for Roman Reigns then? Well, I think we'll see. I mean, we'll, I don't know yet. Because that's the thing. Like, If you have Cesaro focus on Reigns, but Rollins keeps on getting involved and getting involved, getting involved, I just see it becoming a triple threat at some point. Well, I think we should put a pin in that till SmackDown. All right. So let's... But in order to get to SmackDown, we got to get through Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opens up with a Lashley celebration ceremony with MVP issuing an open challenge to anybody. McIntyre comes out to accept it and MVP is like, "Mm, anybody but you and Braun Strowman. We see Drew McIntyre punch Lashley. They leave. First match of the evening saw AJ Styles pick up the victory over Elias via disqualification because Jackson Riker got involved. He gets involved first behind the referee's back. Um, I This spot was super confusing to me because the way the camera was cut, it did not look like the referee should have seen Jackson Riker at all. Mm-hmm. But almost... Chase uh, chases uh, Jackson Riker off. Elias continues the attack on AJ Styles until Omos uh, ran down and, or not ran down, but chased Elias off. So I don't know what we're doing with the tag team championships on Monday Night Raw. I don't know if we're going to be seeing Elias and Jackson Riker eventually become number one contenders or something like that, but. That was that match. After that, we saw Angel Garza pick up the victory over Drew Gulak, which was pretty much just a showcase match for Angel Garza. Yeah. Um, what kind of sucks about this is that I know these two could have a killer match, mm-hmm. and they weren't really given a chance. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it was the proper... I don't know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I completely understand the match, but yeah. it just sucks because I know they could kill it. Of course. I mean, Afterwards, I feel like if you a, if you put, uh, honestly, let's be realistic. If you put, uh, I'm not focusing on Garza right now, but if you put Gulak in a ring with anyone for 60 minutes, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Like, Gulak is just that damn good. But so is Angel Garza. Well, that's the thing. I don't really know Garza too well. You know? Google him. So I could only really comment on Gulak's uh, technical abilities and stuff. 
Afterwards, Angel Garza stuck that rose into Drew Gulak's mouth. Um, which is gross because where has that rose been? It's better than, yeah, maybe it was the same place last time. Yeah, come on now. After that, we saw R-Truth interviewed backstage, and R-Truth thought the open challenge was for his title tonight, <laughs> or at uh, Monday Night Raw. And um, and uh, Kira Tozawa ends up defeating R-Truth for the 24-7 championship. A lot of people were like, oh, thank God the 24-7 championship is gone, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the hell? One of my favorite cha- one of my favorite championships. Uh, yeah, I, I, I challenge anyone to tell me that that twenty four seven championship is not entertaining. People will tell you that. Well, those people are wrong. <laughs> After that, we had an Eva Marie uh, vignette again, a super role model this time. Those same people do not see Eva Marie, Eva Marie, as a uh, role model. You know, a super role model, a super role model, because that evolution is going to be taken over very soon. Forget about that evolution. What is evolution? It's all about evolution. No, no, I'm not going to forget about evolution. I want more of (laughs) evolution. Always earlier in the night, we had Matt Riddle trick New Day and Randy Orton into being in the same place at once. And then he pitched for all four of them to be a team which Kofi Kingston then told Matt Riddle that uh, he needs to wake up and Randy Orton gets into Kofi Kingston's face. Kofi challenges Randy Orton and then he goes on to defeat Randy Orton with the help of Xavier Woods distracting Randy Orton with the trombone. And then we see Riddle push Xavier Woods down afterwards. Hmm. It's kind of uh, angry at, at Xavier Woods perhaps. I can't see Riddle as a heel. You know? But it seems well, like that's we'll the... See. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Earlier in the night, we had Alexa's playground with Natalia and Tamina. Lily basically said that she liked how they beat up Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax as well as Reginald. And then the champions walked off, and I kind of felt sad for Alexa Bliss because she didn't have anybody there with her. I I, I would have been there for her. Kind of a pointless segment to me, though. I agree. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm intrigued, but I don't know how long I'm going to be intrigued for. Yeah. But like, I want to see something Natalia. Tamina and Natalia pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Alexa Bliss came out, caused some fire to go off on the turnbuckle, shoots into Reginald's face, and uh, it shook Shayna Baszler. She got a she she's lost. Yeah, I and I think you mentioned it last week that maybe she has her eyes on Baszler. Yeah, because she mentioned in that promo, or um, Lily has her eyes on someone in the ring and. You mentioned about Shayna Baszler, maybe, and it seems like it that's the direction that it's heading in. But the real question is, why would it be Shayna Baszler? That's that's where the story's going to be interesting to see. Like, whoever Lily wants to go after, or Alexa, Bla- uh, Alexa Bliss, why? Like, what's the story as to why? 
And that's where I'm going to be intrigued if they kind of loop back around into something that we didn't even think about. Um, like Lily. Lily's actually Becky Lynch. Hey, never say never. Becky Lynch. Lily. Becky Lily. I see what Like a saying. kid could obviously call somebody with the last name Lynch Lil or Lily. Yeah, I mean, when I was used to watch Rugrats, you never called Lil uh, Lynch? <laughs> I know I used to all the time. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Got him. That's so stupid. It yeah. <laughs> a kid could definitely call somebody Lynch like Lil Lily instead of Lynch. Yeah, but yeah, they're twins. Yes. No, no. <laughs> After that though, we saw Seamus call out Ricochet. Ricochet comes out and uh sets up a match. Seamus picks up the victory over Ricochet in another good match between the two of them. I think um they got more time on Raw than the pay-per-view. So that was that was good to see. I liked the reversal of the springboard with the bro kick. But I was kind of surprised Ricochet kicked out of that. I don't know if that was supposed to happen or not, but Sheamus picks him up, hits him with another bro kick, ends the match. Um, I like it, but now what's going to happen with this? It seems like they're going to be going into a best of seven. <laughs> yeah. I Or not even. I mean, Sheamus is up too right now. but Yeah, I guess so. But next up, you had Asuka pick up the victory over Charlotte Flair. Um, Charlotte I Flair, really I loved her gear. Match. I didn't really care for this match, though. Yeah, the match. I mean, okay, going into it, I'm like, oh, cool. WrestleMania vibes right now with Asuka and Charlotte. But then the match took place, and I'm like, it totally went out the window. Rhea Ripley caused a distraction, which led to the end. I thought it was a predictable a predictable outcome for Asuka to pick up the victory over Charlotte. And I think it's only a matter of time before Flair gets that one-on-one against Ripley. Yeah. I think the one thing to note from this match, though, which didn't necessarily like the way it was pulled off, but I would not mind if she continued to use it, was that Andrade back elbow that she did. I thought that looked really cool. And so, I guess she's going to start using that now. I like Andrade was like, so can I start using the figure eight? <laughs> <laughs> can I start doing that moonsault elbow, whatever you want to call it, move? It would totally fit for Andrade. It would. And he'd, probably actually, Priest, and he'd probably actually connect with it. Damian Priest picked up the victory over John Morrison in a, another lumberjack match. This time it was the raw locker room surrounding the ring, including Nikki Cross. Which I thought was weird. Um, Nikki! But that's uh, a wrong Nikki. No, no, it's it's Nikki. Mm, it's Nikki. Nikki! <laughs> Nikki! It's like, but I feel like when you say it's like a, some drunk person that just got to the bar that drank way too much. And they're like just hovering over you like, Nikki! <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah, that's just, I don't know. We but yeah, I totally agree. Why is she there? Brawl. I don't know, but we saw the Lumberjacks brawl all together at one point. Damian Priest suplexed John Morrison onto them, which I thought was cool. But 
I don't know what this means. Maybe with the end where like Miz got attacked by zombies, maybe the Miz is going to SmackDown. Maybe that's it for John Morrison on Monday Night Raw. Maybe he'll go to NXT. I don't know. I don't know I, what to think of. I mean, he even made lead. he made even made a reference to it in his promo about uh, like um that made you think like the Miz was dead or something. Well, not I don't know. Not I, I don't know. I forgot what he said specifically. But but after that, we saw Shelton Benjamin interviewed, and he refused to talk about Cedric Alexander. But Cedric approached him, and then they both. Um, we saw Shelton Benjamin and, and Cedric Alexander brawled during the Lumberjack match. And Shelton wants Which to I, challenge I like Bobby Lashley. I like it. Do, do you think that Shelton and Cedric will get back together after all this? No. Cedric called Shelton, Bel- Shel- Shelton Benjamin worthless. Yeah, people say that attack- things when they're angry. You've told me and that Shel- before. Yeah, and then Shelton attacked Cedric. Yeah. Main event saw Kofi Kingston pick up the victory over Bobby Lashley. Of course, non-title open challenge. Lashley hit that elevated flatliner. I thought looked super cool. That was cool. I thought, and originally, I mean, disputable. The title was thought to be on the line. Yeah, but MVP being like, no, 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 I did not say that. We saw Drew McIntyre hit Bobby Lashley with MVP's cane behind the referee's back. Again, sort of like faces using heel tactics to help somebody else win a match. But mm-hmm. this kind of lit a fire on Twitter on Monday. Everybody calling for Kofi Mania too. It's about time people got back behind Kofi. It would be very interesting. All right. I support it. I mean, we've said it for a long time that Kofi is one of the most underrated and best superstars on the WWE roster. So, yeah. I'm all for it. Kofi Mini 2. Let's make it happen. That was Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT. Kicks off with Tony Storm picking up a victory over Zoe Stark. Big, I think, definite needed win for Tony Storm here. Her last win was December. No. Yeah. That's wild. I thought it, I thought it was a pretty good match. The the move that she used to finish the match was just like my mind still can't process it. I don't know if like it's like an inverted headlock twisting DDT. I don't know what it, to call it. <laughs> I don't know, but it looked sick. Yeah, and then after that match, Frankie Monet came out, points to Tony Storm. And uh I think her debut match is taking place in two weeks. Hmm. And I guess it'll be taking place against Tony Storm. But throughout the night, we saw the way at a spa where Indy Hartwell brought up Dexter Loomis and they were like trashing him. And he ended up being there massaging Indy. And he gets disappointed. He walks off. And then later on, their credit card was denied because of an unpaid purchase. I don't even, does that, does that even happen in the real world? I don't think no, that happens. No, right? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I've never heard of that happening. Yeah. But, and then she was so specific. She goes, maybe something about a flower purchase. Did you purchase <laughs> flower? Like, what? 
<laughs> I've never heard of that. Three weeks ago from a florist, I've never heard of something like that happening in the real world. No, it, but, it's, it doesn't happen. But I could suspend my disbelief for that because I thought it was such a funny segment. And Indy Hartwell questioned if the flowers that Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart got from Dexter Loomis were from Dexter Loomis or if they were from Candice LeRae. And then she started to freak out that Dexter Loomis still loves her. And so Index is back on, I think. I'm very happy about this because big fan of that entire connection. No clue where it could end up, but it is going to be fun and entertaining no matter where it ends up. Yeah. After that, we had another prime target. This time the focus being on Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. Uh, I thought it was cool. It made the match look as big as it should be. Mm-hmm. They included Paul Heyman in it, who said Roman Reigns even has an interest in this match. And Roman Reigns is the top dog. He's the head of the table. He that is, like instantly yeah. makes that match like believable. It sells that match. That would be insane. What would? If that took place. If what took place? Roman Reigns versus Karrion Cross. Yeah. Or Finn Balor, depending on who wins. Um, even Triple Threat. Any any involvement of Roman Reigns with either one of them, I think that would be incredible. Yeah. Uh, we had Jake Atlas pick up a victory over Cameron Grimes. Which stemmed from Jake Atlas joking with Cameron Grimes earlier on in uh, in the night that Ted DiBiase has the parking spot out front and not Cameron Grimes. And Ted DiBiase showed up during this and Atlas was able to get the victory over him. And it was announced that Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes will have a face-off next week. I would so love to see cool. Million Dollar Man stuff a hundred dollar bill in his mouth. I don't know if that'll happen, but maybe if somebody knocks him out and then he puts it in his mouth, maybe DiBiase will, will start managing Cameron Grimes. That'd be interesting. Bring back the million dollar championship. Give it a Grimes. Mm -hmm. After that though, we had a Pete Dunn sit down, which I thought was kind of pointless. Um, because at this point, we really didn't know what was next for Pete Dunne. But later on, Bobby Fish was interviewed, and his whole focus was on Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan. And he challenged Pete Dunne to a match next week. So we're going to see Pete Dunne versus Bobby Fish next week. Um, after that, we saw Killian Dane pick up the victory over Alexander Wolf, which I thought was cool. They mentioned sanity during this. Yeah, but we see Wolf go out. He uses a chair, or goes to use a chair, and Killian Dane hits him with a running crossbody, picks up that victory, and then Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel come out to celebrate the victory. Stand tall with Alexander Wolf, and they attack him. So, like total shocker. Here I figure. Oh wow, we're about to see. Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane reunite. Yeah. And we did see, see Dane we, run down there, help him out. We did see shades of this take place last week too, though. 
Yeah. Where Alexander Wolf took a step on that on that stage, whether it was last week or the week before, and then the two of them stepped up to be equal level with him. So there's been tension brewing. But instead, Alexander but. Wolf was unfortunately released from WWE. Along with Jessamyn Duke, Vanessa Bourne, Skylar Story, Kavita Devi, Ezra Judge, Jake, uh, Drake Wirtz, and uh, Jake Clemens. Velveteen Dream was later uh, released in the week. Yeah, I, I mean, can we speak on some of it? I say what you want to say. I'm, I don't have anything to say other than it sucks that Alexander Wolf is is off. Yeah, I mean, but it, but now I mean he could certainly go to Impact Wrestling. Madman Fulton is there. Sawyer Fulton is in. That's true. Impact Wrestling with Ace Austin. So that's true. You know, I think, I mean, Alexander Wolf. I still think he had the best fi- like the mannerisms to him. Uh. In WWE, so that really stinks, but I think he's going to be great wherever he ends up. And, I mean, the other wrestlers that were included in that bunch, some of them, you can see the writing on the wall. You know? Um, the- Jessamyn Duke, I think she's been fine working on, uh, she just works with Twitch. She does uh, streams. Yeah, but, I mean, she she's not really, she's not a wrestler. She's UFC. Right, she wanted, I'm pretty sure she said she just wants to focus on streaming. Yeah, but even still, you know, she was really brought in because of Ronda Rousey, I feel. It's just unfortunate that we've never got that four-on-four, four-horse women match. Yeah, that's true. You know, the Vanessa Bourne, that was predictable. You know? I don't think it's predict. I don't think releases are predictable. I think some of them definitely are, if they're not being used, if not, they're not improving. Well, that's that's an inaccurate statement because that for whatever reason, some sort of stat came out this week that said Skylar's story was like the top of the class when it came to doing squats or something. I forget what it was. Most improved, or it was um, she came in second to uh, Simone. Skylar Story, I don't, I'm not familiar with her. It's Brandy Lauren. Who? Brandy Lauren. She was in Evolve. She was used maybe twice in NXT. She had that awesome match against Shotzi at the 10th anniversary show. Doesn't ring a bell for me. Unless that, would, was that the match? I don't even remember yeah, at this point. Doesn't, doesn't ring a bell at all. If you saw her, you would know her. Nah. But. Um. Yeah. Moving on yeah. with, uh. Good old NXT. We had uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez backst- uh, backstage, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They wanted to, uh, well, sh- Dakota Kai was talking about going after the tag team championships. Everize cuts it off. Matt Martell asked if Raquel wanted to take a swing at our, at him and, uh, and she slapped him. So I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's, that's what stood out for for me and that too. But and um and then we had Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon both put uh uh Shayna not Shayna Baszler, jeez. <laughs> Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez as well as The Way on notice. Yeah. And then Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon have a match next week against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Next up, you have Legato Del Fantasma. Pick up the victor over Thatcher and Champa. Um, 
I thought it was kind of all over the place at the beginning, but once it was back on course, uh, they put everything into it. Yeah, definitely. It was great. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I don't know if I see Thatcher and Champa hanging around for too long, though. Well, first of all, Grizzled Young Veterans attack Champa behind the referee's back. Legato takes advantage of that, and they have a title match in two weeks. But here at this point during NXT, I'm like, oh, man. Uh, Imperium kicks out Alexander Wolf. He'll go with Killian Dane. Mm-hmm. Timothy Thatcher will eventually turn on Champa, join back with Walter. So, even though Alexander Wolf is no longer in WWE, there is still that aspect of maybe Timothy Thatcher will be joining Imperium. Uh, there is an opening. There's history between them, so who knows? That's a good, uh, Good assumption. I could see that happening. Matchup next, though, we saw Saray pick up the victory over Aaliyah. Basically just a showcase match for Saray. And I want more and more matches with Saray. Well, I think uh, pretty positive that's going to happen because, you know, her being new and stuff, I think you'll get more matches of her. Yeah, but not. it's not every week. It's like I want, uh, I would like to see a Saray match every I feel like we have had her on every week so far. No, we have not. And it's also, uh, there's no, like, Tian Shah. Where where the hell they go? That's true. It's like every every so often we we see them. But after that, we saw another Diamond Mine video package. Nothing new, but they finally, they aired it again this week. I don't think it was been, I don't know if it was two weeks or one week in between that we had seen a a vignette for them. Mm -hmm. But... Still, we don't know who's in Diamond Mine. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, probably not. But after that, we saw the we saw Hit Row defeat Tony Nese and Arya Davari, which is always ne- nice to see Tony Nese on TV. Yeah, for now, him and uh, Davari have been pretty much just on Two Hundred Five Live, and I think we knew who was winning this match. Yeah. It showcased the power of top dollar. And yeah, you had to something showcase. Interesting, something interesting. William Regal announced that he's bringing in more cruiserweights to face Kushida. So maybe we'll see more of Tony Nice and Arya Davari on television. On NXT TV. I don't know. If when he says he's bringing in cruiserweights for Kushida, if there's like some sort of international deal going on. I mean, there was that talk about MLW. Yeah, but I don't know where that will lead. Mm-hmm. I'm if, uh, MLW. They just announced uh, Davey Richards is officially on their roster. I don't know. Davey, I was thinking about Davey Richards the other day. I don't know how I feel like. I don't know. He's been gone since 2017. Yeah, but he I feel like he left on a sour note though, right? I don't think so. No. He then he retired to do school or something. Be an EMT or something like that. No, no, he went he was an EMT. He went for his uh for uh MD or DO. He went to medical school. He went, yeah, so. went back to I, I don't know if I don't remember if anything. I don't know. I feel like I maybe just sour. comparing uh Confusing him with uh, Austin Aries, too. 
that's definitely possible. But David Richards has been someone that we've followed for a while, and the guy is incredible. So it, it, I'm interested to see what happens with David Richards. WWE did have their eye on him as, at one point. Yeah, we saw the American Wolves in WWE NXT once. Yeah. So who knows? Once. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But um next up you had Bronson Reed pick up the victory over John, uh, Johnny Gargano in a steel cage match to become the new North American champion. What I liked even before this match, they both had promos on Monday Night Raw. Nice. Hi. Whether or not they were through, I don't know if they were technically on Raw or if they were commercial breaks, but it seemed like they were on Raw to me. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because we have not had something like that before, to mm-hmm. my recollection. No, we have not, I don't think. And it was a it was a really good match, and it lived up to all the hype. A lot of cool spots in here. Austin Theory got involved a few times. Mm-hmm. Um. Bronson Reed hit the tsunami from the middle rope. Uh, not the middle rope. The middle of the top rope. And uh, onto Johnny Gargano's back. And then he hits one from the corner. And I thought it was really cool. And also, that was 14 years to the day that Bronson Reed made his debut in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was even cooler. Yeah. I, so, I, I think it's cool that he's finally a uh, champion in NXT. And I'm looking forward to this reign. Yeah. I'm looking Moving forward to it, too. He, he, we've been saying it for a while that he he should be a champ. He should be carrying this. So it's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, I thought for sure he was winning it uh, a bunch of months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving but, over to NXT UK, we saw Rampage Brown defeat Wolfgang. I thought for sure Wolfgang was going to win this, but uh, that was not the case. And I thought it was a really good, hard-hitting match here. Uh, next up, Amel picked up the victory over Zaya Brookside, which was taking place because Amel took Zaya Brookside out of the number one contender gauntlet match the other week. And I really think... I guess this will this will hold her over for now, but I really feel like the next time Zia Brookside is in a championship match that she's got to win the championship. I think she's going to, but mm-hmm. it was a big win for Amel. Main event saw Tyler Bate pick up the victory over A-Kid to win the NXT UK Heritage Cup. Fantastic match. If you're going out of your way to watch anything pro wrestling related this week, it should be this match. I think it's cool that the Heritage Cup is something that gets defended. And uh, just check it out. It's on Peacock, WWE Network, worldwide. And uh, yeah, it was a fantastic match. I didn't even uh, recognize Bate. Yeah, he's, he's got some different looks these days. Yeah, he's got the scruff. Uh, next over on SmackDown, moving over to SmackDown, I should say, we had a parade of champions, which I thought was very confusing, but we had Apollo Crews speak, Paul Heyman then spoke and said Roman Reigns will not be joining them, Bailey came out to complain and then challenged Bianca Belair, 
We saw Bailey back off from that, but Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax show up and attack Bianca Belair. And then Natalia and Tamina make the save and they turn that into a six-woman tag match. Um, the Parade of Champions, though, I don't know why. It just reminded me of something of, like Disney World-esque. It was so know, weird I, to me. I I liked it. I liked the Parade of Champions and everything. I thought that was cool. I like I liked, uh, Bailey um, coming in there and then like giving props to Apollo. Yeah, I like that too. Um, um, but Bailey, Nia Jax, and most importantly in this match, Shayna Baszler picked up the victory over Bianca Belair, Natalia, and Tamina. I thought it was a bit chaotic, but I enjoyed the match. And Shayna Baszler made Natalia tap. Yeah. This this um, leads to a match no, for them. No Alexa Bliss. Right. But they do have a match on Monday Night Raw. I don't remember if they said the titles are on the line or not. Um... I I don't remember. After this, though, we saw a, another promo for Aleister Black hyping up his return. I don't know if there's going to be, like, a demon inside of him or not. When I saw this promo, it made me think of uh, Red Dragon, the Hannibal Kyle movie. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish? Huh? I said Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby oh, Fish? Oh, no. The, the, Hannib- the Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah, I never... Yeah, never saw that. Like, like you mentioned, like there's this dragon demon uh, inside of him, or at least in his mind, and he's going to overtake whoever gets in his way. But it's going to be interesting. Yeah. After this, we saw King Corbin come out and speak about Nakamura stealing his crown, and then we get Rick Boogs coming out playing Nakamura's theme live on electric guitar. Completely unexpected. Former WWE 24-7 champion. Under a former gimmick, I guess you'd say at this point. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> he was also in the but, Old Spice commercial. That's Yeah, well, that's where he's the former 24-7 champion. Oh. But uh, Shinsuke Nakamura picks up the victory over King Corbin. Where King Corbin controlled most of this. But Boogs distracts Corbin with Nakamura's theme song, and uh, Nakamura picked up the victory. I don't know what this relationship is with Nakamura and Rick Boogs, but yeah. I'm pumped for it. I don't... I'm up for it, but it's... It's, it's a it's little weird. bit... It's yeah, weird. it's a little bit too <laughs> random for me where... Why? I, I, yeah, I have no idea. That is very... It's very random, yes. Yeah, I just... I guess I just don't get it yet. I mean, people like guitar. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It was so weird, but yeah, it's cool. And with the WWE returning to live crowds, that's like a perfect thing to have. Yeah, that's going to be incredible. Yeah, WWE announced a 25-city tour live through uh, Labor Day. July 16th is the first show for SmackDown at the Toyota Center in Houston. July 18th for Money in the Bank at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, which Dickies Arena just opened 2019. They were supposed to have Raw and SmackDown shows last year in mm-hmm. uh, 2020. Got canceled due to COVID. So this will be the first time a wrestling event will take place at Dickies Arena. And then uh, they announced July 19th for Monday Night Raw in American at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. 
So Texas getting that big loop for SmackDown pay-per-view Raw. Mm-hmm. More cities going to be announced. I don't know at what point I'll feel comfortable going to a show. I don't know. But I'm pulling for Raw Rumble to be at the Garden. I don't think that's a thing, but if you want to give us NXT TakeOver, Raw SmackDown, or SmackDown, NXT TakeOver, pay-per-view Raw Rumble, and then Raw at Madison Square Garden, I will definitely want to go to TakeOver and the Rumble, because I've never been to a Rumble. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've seen a Rumble at the G1 Supercard. Mm-hmm. But never the Royal Rumble. Been to WrestleMania. Been Me neither. To SummerSlam. Been to Survivor Series. Me neither. I've never been to a Royal Rumble before, but it's always been my favorite event as well. So, should get to that. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like I should have went in 2008, but I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, for some reason, I, I keep on thinking that you were there, but you were not there. I don't know why. Chris, I think Chris was there. Chris has that poster up on his wall. I believe. Oh he yeah, went. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Where they're all on the train battling, and you got like Umaga, Kennedy. Yeah, Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. I think RVD. Um, I for some re- say probably not. For some I reason, I see them- him on the poster in my mind. I don't know. I would say Miz is most likely on that. Uh, Matt Hardy is probably on that. Shelton? Shelton Benjamin is probably on it. Um, I can't think of anyone else who would be on it. I could look it up. Yeah, right? That's all I can Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, Finley, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Batista, John Morrison, MVP. I can't tell. Kane, Mark Henry. For the life of me, I can't tell who's behind John Morrison. Really? Yeah. And yeah, Miz episode, is on it. Which uh, year was this? 2008. Everyone we named was on it, except for Rob Van Dam, who you named. <laughs> I see. Who I, I, I have no idea. Who is behind? I don't know who that is. Where? Behind John Morrison. I can't tell. It's just eyes. Behind John Morrison. Yeah. And Shelton Benjamin. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, so after after the uh, the Nakamura match, we saw Jimmy Uso go to Sonya Deville, saying that the Usos want the Street Profits. She makes that match for next week. Roman Reigns comes out. He allows Paul Heyman to sing his praises, which, by the way, we did not mention at the opening of SmackDown, Paul Heyman came out to Roman Reigns' old theme song, the better theme song. People lost their minds on Twitter. And uh, Roman Reigns, then we see, come out to his new, terrible, deaf rebel theme song, in my opinion. You, uh, for some reason, like it. I love it. I just, I can't see anybody but Goldust when I hear it. Huh? I can't see anybody but Goldust when I hear it. I don't know, then you're not hearing it properly. I... I, I hear it, it properly. I, it's a goddamn tag team theme song for Goldust and Roman Reigns. It is a great, it's awful, great theme song. Def Rebel's terrible. No, it's a great theme song. Who could this be? I don't know. But Paul Heyman uh, is allowed to sing the praises of Roman Reigns. 
And after that, Roman Reigns requests that Jimmy Uso comes out, but instead it's Cesaro. He comes out, challenges Roman Reigns to a match at Hell in a Cell, and Seth Rollins attacks him from behind, hits him with three curb stomps, leaves him lying there. Backstage, Cesaro's being carted off, and Seth Rollins gets in his face, yells at him, asking him why he makes him like that. So Seth Rollins is blaming everything on Cesaro. Which I think is interesting. And he's like, at that point, he's kind of like a off-the-rails crazy person. And that's why I don't really necessarily see it being a triple threat match with Roman Reigns and Cesaro. Hmm. And Seth Rollins. All right. Could it be Chavo? No. I don't know. But after that, we had Dominic pick up the victory over Robert Roode. Roode cutting a promo beforehand saying Dominic doesn't belong there and he's going to prove it. However, Dominic gets one over on Robert Roode. Gets back into the the game. He's won the tag team championships last week. And I think that alone proves that he should be there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, guess. I mean, it it was entertaining. I'll admit, it was entertaining. Yeah, uh, and then we see Jay Uso backstage, yell yelling at Jimmy Uso for getting the tag match last week without consulting him. Not last week, earlier in the night. And uh, Jay's like, I have to go tell Roman because it's the right thing to do. He tells Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is pissed. So. I don't know how that's going to unfold because it also seemed like Jimmy uh, Jay Uso was also excited for the match. He was pissed, but also excited. And I couldn't Roman Reigns for the life of me. He said he had like a, a long promo with, with Jay Uso when he told him I did not hear anything except for we, I could not understand anything he was saying. It was super low to me. And my TV was already up all the way. <laughs> got it. Got to speak into the mic. I did not understand what was going on in that promo. But after that, the Street Profits cut a promo on the Usos, so they're ready for that match. Uh, And then the main event, we saw Apollo Crews pick up the victory over Sami Zayn, Big E, and Kevin Owens to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Good match. I wish there weren't commercial breaks, but I think this was a really good match, and I wish it was taking place at a takeover. All four men have spent time in NXT. Never had like the, I don't know. I mean, Apollo Crews never really had a big NXT moment. Uh, no, he he kind of went, he kind of made the jump very much, quick. Main away, yeah, right away, yeah, yeah. But this match would have uh, killed at a takeover for sure. But this match, I enjoyed it. I liked when uh, Sami Zayn had the explode. I was it Sami Zayn. Now, I don't remember. There was a, the Exploder Suplex that Big E then turns into a German Suplex on two people. I can't he remember. He the Exploder Suplex. I thought that was really cool. But uh, Aziz stopped Big E from winning that match. Big E gets back into the ring and the lights go out. And Aleister Black shows up. Hits the Black Mass on Big E and Apollo Crews is able to pick up the victory there to win. Yeah, Apollo Cruz was like, yeah, Apollo Cruz was holding that, t- like holding Biggie's leg, uh, to hold him still, and then Black Mass. 
Yeah. And Apollo, uh, not Apollo Crews, Alistair Black. I don't know if you noticed. His eye. Still goofed. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I did. I did notice that. I thought that was really cool. And I actually, I think it was Jamie Noble. In the poster. Oh, I was like, you thought it was Jamie Noble for what? (laughs) I've been trying to figure it out. I think it's actually Jamie Noble. He's the only other person that would make sense as Jamie Noble because he was in that Royal Rumble. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I think that's Jamie Noble. The only other guys that we wouldn't from back there would be Santino or like Chuck Palumbo, but it's not them. I think it's Jamie Noble. Mystery may be solved. Yeah. But yeah, that's SmackDown. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. We'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 537. Go check out manscaped.com. Head over there, get uh, the lawnmower 4.0, maybe a weed whacker, some uh, crop preserver, some uh, deodorant, if you will. And uh, use the code regardless, get 20% off and free shipping. Again, the lawnmower 4.0 is brand new. Pick it up, use the code, save some money. 
Uh, before I talk about AEW Dynamite, Dynamite, big announcement that they're moving to TBS starting in January 2022, the Turner Broadcast System. The bigger station starting August 13th, uh, they're going to be having an hour-long program called Rampage that will debut on TNT after SmackDown, 10 p.m. slot. Uh, They also have four new specials that will be annually aired on TNT. Tony Khan described them as like a Saturday night's main event or a Clash of Champions style show. So that'll definitely uh, help and push AEW to that next level. They're of course being forced to TBS because of, I believe, the NHL hockey deal coming to TNT. But I want to know when we're going to be seeing AEW stuff on HBO Max. It, it has to be a matter of time. I would be surprised if we don't get AEW stuff on, on HBO Max within the next year. Maybe not like a WWE Network sort of deal. But, I mean, TBS, uh, they just announced that TBS and TNT will start airing HBO Max things. Uh, exclusive shows over this summer, so maybe they'll push some sort of AEW content onto HBO Max. Who knows, but uh, moving over to the actual episode of AEW Dynamite, Christian picks up the victory over Matt Seidel. I believe this is the first time they worked one-on-one, and uh, um, immediately it sticks out, the the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 26 where, where Evan Bourne, Hits airborne off the off the uh, the bridge ladder to Christian. I thought that was a cool spot, uh, and I had a lot of high hopes for this match. And I thought they absolutely delivered. I liked when Matt Seidel reversed the first spear with the sunset flip, uh, and I also after the match I liked the mutual respect shown. So that's pretty cool. I I was a big fan of this match. After this, we saw Team Taz threaten them, which brought Ricky Starks out. Not Team Taz, just Taz in general. But it was a distraction for Team Taz to attack them from behind. Hangman leisurely walked out, handed Ricky Starks his drink, walks down to the ring, makes the save. However, Team Taz comes out on top. I don't know if we're going to, but maybe a six-man tag? I don't know, does Hook wrestle? I don't think he does. Or yet. On a, I don't think he's got a, official matches, I'm not sure. Uh, but we've seen John Moxley and Eddie Kingston pick up the victory over the acclaimed, which I think is always cool to see Anthony Bowens against the former WWE champion. I know he faced Chris Jericho once before, uh, maybe once or twice. I'm not sure right now, but uh, I just wish it wasn't an obvious outcome. And I didn't like that John Moxley had to cheat to win. He used the boombox that Max Caster was going to to win. After that, we had Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky being interviewed, which was obviously going to be about Sting and Darby Allen, which led to Sting and Darby Allen attacking them. And then, as they were walking off, uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, as they were walking off, Dark Order comes out, and they also kind of block them from leaving the proper way. I'm not quite sure why Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are feuding with so many people here. But that match is booked for Double or Nothing with Sting and Darby Allen. After that, we had the Pinnacle at a Steakhouse. I I don't think this was a solid enough segment to, as a follow-up for that goofy stuff that they did last week. 
with the, the alcohol truck. The main takeaway was MJF saying that if Jericho accepts this match, it'll be his last match. I think that would mean the Pinnacle are clearly losing, but afterwards, uh, a little later on in the show, the Inner Circle obviously accept the challenge. Decent promo from Jericho and uh, and uh, the other members of Inner Circle. The Steakhouse joint, not so much. Next match, we saw Hikaru Shida pick up the victory over Rebel. Uh, Hikaru Shida, I liked when she went to use the lockjaw. Burt Baker causes the distraction, and Rebel uses the crutch behind the referee's back. But Hikaru Shida eventually makes Rebel tap out, and uh, it was a super quick match. Uh, Britt Baker attacked her afterwards, hit a huge curb stomp onto the championship. The way they're treating Hikaru Shida versus the way they've treated Kenny Omega as champion. Hikaru Shida's last match on Dynamite was, I believe, in March. Her, her last appearance might have even been in March. Meanwhile, Kenny's on every week. Speaking of Omega, Don Callis wanted uh, Orange Cassidy to sign a document that would give up the main event spot, but he would also still get one later on down the line, which Orange Cassidy just tore up. And then we saw Pac later on cut a promo I think he'd be awesome as AEW champion, but if if you're getting a, a I believe it would would have been a singles match, one on one later down the road for Orange Cassidy. That's kind of stupid to do that. We you have it's a one in third chance as opposed to a one out of two chance. But uh, after that, we saw Jade Cargill being interviewed and Mark Sterling again. Comes up to her and he's like, I don't want you to work for me. I want to work for you. And uh, I think it would be really good if she goes with him. Because he's a new character that... uh, Well, we've seen him before on AEW Dynamite. But he's a new character in that we don't know much about him. Other than he's like MJF's attorney. Or his lawyer. So I think it'd be cool if... Mark Sterling uh, was eventually the person that Jade Cargill signed with. After that, we saw Serena D pick up the victory over Red Velvet to retain the NWA Women's Championship. I think Red Velvet has so much potential here to be a star in AEW. I thought this was a really good match, and I think AEW needs more of this. It's kind of absurd. I was just talking about it. The way that they treat Hikaru Shida versus the way they treat Kenny Omega... Look at the way they treat Hikaru Shida versus they treat the NWA Women's Champion. Hikaru Shida, yes, I understand they're selling a pay-per-view match, but in to do it like a, a like a minute and a half long match versus however long Serena Deeb's match was, it just paints that picture that the AEW Women's Division is not the main focus. It's the outside division. And then everyone else. So hopefully everything changes. I, I hope. I, I can only assume that Britt Baker is like 100% going to be winning the women's championship at double or nothing. So hopefully that doesn't mean Britt Baker wins and then we don't see her on TV again. Because that's what Hikaru Shida's title reign has felt like to me. 
But after that, we saw Anthony Agogo pick up the victory over Austin Gunn. The winner was a no-brainer, but Austin Gunn starts the match off super hot and he gets hit in the gut maybe within 40 seconds. He gets up. How does that make any sense? Agogo hits him again. Boom, he's still trying to get up. Agogo picks him up, hits him with the pop-up punch to pick up the victory. How does that make Anthony Agogo look strong? Austin Gunn gets up after the first gut shot? Come on. That doesn't make any sense. After that, we saw SCU being interviewed and uh, Christopher Daniels was asked about a tweet that said maybe that's it. But he didn't say anything. He just shook uh, Kazarian's hand. He walked off. And then Frankie Kazarian said he's going to be hunting the elite. After that, we saw Miro speaking about beating Darby Allen for the championship. Lance Archer cut this off. And uh, it was just hype for double or nothing. Somewhat of a decent promo. He's going to be defending the championship next week against Dante Martin on uh, Friday Night Dynamite. That's a, a special after SmackDown. They're going to be doing a live Dynamite because of NBA next week. So we probably won't talk about it because that's when we record the podcast. But after that, the the main event, the Young Bucks picked up the victory over the Varsity Blondes to retain the Tag Team Championships. I, I liked the Varsity Blondes aspect of this match, but overall, I just thought there were just too many Young Buck gimmicks in this to even get into the match. They cheat to win. I don't know how many people you're having cheat in one episode of wrestling. But the main takeaway is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston coming out, attacking the Young Bucks, who stole their shoes, and they get a match at double or nothing for the Tag Team Championships. I really don't know how the ranking system works, but they were ranked in fourth place last week. Uh, I assume they'd be now in third place. With Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page being in in first place, perhaps. And the Acclaimed being in second place. I don't know how that line jump works. I I have no idea. I will never understand their ranking system. But that is AEW Dynamite. I'm going to move on to Impact Wrestling. This was the episode with all the fallout for Under Siege. However, I don't really feel like it's necessary to talk about Under Siege. I did not watch it i was not able to um but everything that you need to know will happen during this episode it kicks off with rohit raju picking up the victory over jake something and we saw shira help rohit win afterwards jake attacked shira and put him through a table while rohit just stood there and watched he watched it all happen We saw Taylor Wilde interviewed, uh, saying that she wants the Knockouts Championship. Tennille was there all about the Tag Team Championships. And Wilde was just like, I'm I'm not about that. But we saw Tennille pick up a victory over Kiara Hogan. And uh, I'm like full on hoping to see them win the Tag Team titles. Because uh, Fire and Flava won the tag team titles back at Under Siege. And after this match, we saw Tasha Steeles attack Tennille, as well as uh, 
I mean, eventually Caleb with a K, he tried to stop her, but Susan ran out, Kimberly, Deanna Perrazzo, and uh, they all decided to attack Caleb with a K. They decided to attack Tennille. Taylor Wilde made the save, but it was not for long as uh, Havoc, at the end of the day, ran down, made the ultimate save, took them all out. And then the Decay showed up behind all the heels and the heels ran off. So I don't know if we're going to get some sort of six-woman tag there or something like that, but I do hope that we do see TNT, is what I'm going to dub them, Taylor and Tennille, as the next Knockouts Tag Team Champions. It was announced that Kojima will be on the next episode of Impact Wrestling, former IWGP champion, former IWGP tag team champion, uh, I believe an NWA World's champion as well, uh, so many more accolades to his career, very uh, legend, a very legendary wrestler in pro wrestling, so that's pretty cool that he's going to be showing up on Impact Wrestling next week. Next matchup, we saw Petey Williams pick up the victory over VSK. Uh, it wasn't uh, the longest match, but I thought it was a really good match. And I it was definitely, obviously you expect Petey Williams to pick up the victory there, but it was really fun to watch. And I think one of my favorite wrestling matches from this week. Rich Swan was interviewed about returning at Under Siege, and he called out W. Morrissey. Morrissey shows up, kicks Rich Swan's head off, and throws him out of the building. So his next feud is going to be with Rich Swan. Uh, after that, we saw a Swingers Palace segment. Fala had to dress like one of the Mamarellas due to uh, the debt that he owed Johnny Swinger, which I thought was hilarious. And then TJP helped him pay off his debt, and Petey Williams got pissed because TJP is ditching him for Fala as far as tagging with him goes. And uh, Petey Williams is like, that's fine, I have Josh Alexander. And then we saw the Decay show up, but they weren't welcome there. Always uh, appreciate a good Swingers Palace segment. After that, we saw Moose speak about being the number one contender to the Impact Championship. He won that scramble match at uh, Under Siege. And uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis came out. Kenny Omega did not have any of his titles there, which I thought was weird. But Don Callis puts over Moose. Quickly turns into making fun of Moose. And then Kenny said, all it takes is one wing, one one winged angel to end the match. Put Moose away. Moose challenges him to do that. And then the Good Brothers come out. Sammy Callahan hacks his way into the ring. Chased off the Elite at pretty much the end of that segment. Backstage, though, we saw Moose catch up with Sammy Callahan. And uh, said that he didn't need any of his help. And that he had everything under control. Sammy said he's tired of the elite running things in his company. So I think after Moose loses to Kenny Omega, I believe we'll probably see something like uh, Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega. Earlier in the night, we saw Rachel Evers and Jordan Grace interviewed about losing the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. And Jordan Grace is like, I, I want to get back out there. I'm going to speak to Scott, see what we could do. She comes back in and she's like, oh, we got a match tonight. Evers is like, oh, who we uh, who we facing? She's like, each other. So Rachel Evers then picks up the victory over Jordan Grace. Um, maybe it didn't make the most sense for them to be facing each other, but I feel like maybe Jordan Grace wants 
the knockouts championship, but um, due to the loss, maybe she's going to be like over the next few weeks doubting herself more and more. And maybe event, like it'll be a losing streak of hers. Uh, as far as the match goes, the only thing I didn't like was the ending. I didn't like the, the pin reversals over and over again. But I liked the match. You saw Brian Myers backstage speaking about how Matt Cardona blew his number one contendership. And lost the match. Cardona shows up and Brian attacked him. The main event of Impact saw Finn Juice pick up the victory over Ace Austin and Madman Fulton to retain the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships. This was a really good match, maybe like a 15-minute long match. And uh, just when you think it's over, Violent by Design shows up, cashed in the Collier Shot Trophy, and Rhino and Joe Doring completely tore Finn Juice apart. To become the new Impact Tag Team Champions. I don't really know how I feel about Finjuice losing the tag team titles. Because I want more Finjuice in Impact Wrestling. Uh, but maybe, I don't know, maybe that's it. Maybe they're done with Impact Wrestling. Although with the fact that Kojima is now doing stuff there. And uh, ELP is doing stuff there. Maybe that New Japan relationship is strong. But that was... AEW Dynamite, that was Impact Wrestling. Hey, Brandon, got any shout out? Why did the chicken cross the road to listen to Brandon's shout outs? Waka waka. Charles Grodin unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 86. Uh, I'd say my first introduction to him was through the Beethoven movies. But later on, I mean, there was the great Muppet caper. Louie, he was on the TV show. He's been in so many other TV shows and movies. Um, I just watched The Comedian the other week again, which was one of his mm-hmm. last movies. And I know a bunch of people listening right now have Peacock because of WWE. You can watch the Beethoven, uh, the, the Beethoven and the sequels on it, not the third one, but his episode of SNL, uh, where he was apparently banned from SNL for this. But I... I I don't know if that's accurate. I thought it was a hilarious episode. Yeah, I think I like, think that he is on the uh, the. It just didn't make sense to me why he'd be banned for that though, because it seemed like everybody was in on it. So I don't know. I just don't know. What did I he thought do? It was a funny episode. I forgot. So because apparently he was on the ban list for not showing up to rehearsals and stuff, but the whole episode revolved around him not really understanding what SNL was. So they mention him like not showing up for rehearsal and stuff. He's like reading other people's lines and the cast oh. members are reacting to it. They're like, Oh no, Chuck, that's not your line. That's his line. I kind and, like, of have a, to... a bunch of stuff like that. It's, it really seems like it, it's his style of comedy. If you've ever seen him on like a late night show mm-hmm. from like a classic clip from back in the day, it's completely his style of comedy. Well, I guess it's that his style of comedy is just not Lauren Michaels' style of comedy. But that's why I don't think it that does it makes it does not make sense to me that he would have been banned for that because SNL ran with it. There they was probably just part, didn't like have, he's playing at one they, point he's playing Art Garfunkel with Paul Simon and Paul's like, "So why are we doing this?" He's like, "I don't know." 
and it's just funny. And then Art Garfunkel shows up later on, but yeah, they I they know. I mean they they kind of had to roll with it. You can't really. But I don't I don't know. It lose just, to the me, guests it, at the last moment. To me, to me, it just seems like everyone was in on it. I don't know. I would have to. But also on Peacock, you could see he had a uh, an episode of Law and Order somewhat recently ish, but. Uh... But yeah, so it's unfortunate he passed away. Um, check it out, check it out. You know, we definitely, you definitely have Peacock, so just watch some some of his old footage. Second shout out goes to Monsters at Work, which Disney released the sneak peek this week, and I'm pumped to have more Monsters Inc. content. It's a new show coming to Monster, uh, to Monsters Inc. coming to <laughs> Disney Plus. And it's cool, John, John, I must have John Morrison, John Goodman and Billy Crystal are back playing Sully and Mike. That is cool. So yeah, I'm pumped for that. And the last shout out goes to WWE The Bump. I've mentioned it a bunch of times on this show before, but they just have their 100th episode this week. I've yet to be featured on it, but uh, if you have not watched The Bump, you definitely should check it out. I think it's one of the best shows WWE has going right now. Did they have any special guests for the hundredth? Um, well, I mean, they had a bunch of people. They it's funny because, um, up until the one hundredth episode, Drew McIntyre was at nine appearances. The most appearances was nine. Uh huh. So he breaks that record, goes to ten, and at the last second, they're like, "Oh, and by the way, also making his tenth appearance is Drake Maverick." <laughs> So Drake Maverick was able to sneak in there and also get the 10th uh, appearance on there. So he's also now tied with Drew McIntyre for being the most appeared guest. That's, that's so cool. So I thought it was funny. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's just a good show. They were all in the studio this week, so it was cool. Yeah. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Right, our mark out moment of the week. Um, I definitely did mark out for Batista being the narrator of the the WrestleMania backlash intro. Yeah, that I I wasn't expecting him to do that. It had a tie in with the movie, so I kind of I thought that was dumb, but mm-hmm. I still thought it was cool to hear him. Yeah, and it's like, oh, remember the time. Uh, WWE or AEW were like, oh, Batista's coming into AEW. And then it turned out to be Christian. <laughs> so yeah. stupid. Brock Lesnar, <laughs> John Cena's coming to AEW. No. No. Did not happen. Uh, Jer- <laughs> Speaking of AEW, Chris Jericho was being interviewed on Dynamite this week backstage. But the reason why I marked out over it was because Dean Malenko was with him. And they were just talking, chit-chatting away before the interview. So I thought it was cool to see Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho on TV together again. Um, that is and a, I think... That is pretty what? cool. You have any markout moments? Uh, yeah, I actually have two of them. Uh, and I actually remember them as well. So one of them was I had a patient who... A uh, 51-year-old patient who was 
doing exercises. They were doing like kickbacks with their leg. And I brought up being like, I was just joking around. I'm like, they looked behind them when they did it. I'm like, don't worry. You're not going to shoot. You're not going to super kick or you're not going to hit anybody with the sweet chin music. And he laughed and it was just like HBK. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, we just made a connection. <laughs> and like, we just went like once I, I was just like, you a wrestling fan? He's like, yeah, I, I used to watch it when I uh, growing up and everything like that. I used to be a big fan back in the eighties and stuff. And I'm like, and then he started bringing up all of these wrestlers. I'm like, dude, this is it. We're talking all wrestling for the next like 30 minutes. And whatever exercises you got, I I just lost count. We're just talking pure wrestling now. And, and we went off talking about everything. We spoke about like the Samoan dynasty. And he, like he was so not. Did you, uh, did you drop some knowledge on him? Brother, of course. <laughs> How am I not going to drop that knowledge about Rocky Johnson? What about the yeah, time we broke bread with Alpha? Yeah, I I dropped all of that, and um, I it, it was just really it's just I mark out so hard whenever I could talk pro wrestling to someone else, especially especially someone not in like our age group, you know, like I always mark out for that. And especially when they're knowledgeable, like he was talking about all these older wrestlers and George the Animal Steel. He's like, he was telling me how uh, he thought it was always crazy how George the Animal Steel was actually a professor. And I'm like, dude, yeah, that's that's correct. Like, so that was. I re- I regret to not getting my picture with George the Animal Steel and Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, I. I... I can see that being. I, I mean, I regret when I met a bunch of the uh, a bunch of wrestlers. I never got their picture with them. Like when we went to, although well, I mean, I went to a, a lot of signings at the Massapequa Mall, but mm. I didn't get any pictures with them. I was just all about autographs for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have I no should... idea why. I could have had a picture with Brock and Batista, that... Randy Orton, rookie Randy Orton, rookie John Cena. Man, that, that that goes into the chapter of like PWS Wrestle Pro things I would have done different. <laughs> yeah, I, I somehow I mean, it's a little a lot different then, but yeah, but I mean somehow I have pictures with Brock Lesnar and Shawn Michaels from those autographs, but not with them. It's like me getting the signature of them. No, who would have taken a picture of you with Brock Lesnar? My mom. Oh I wait, was no. There. Your mom wasn't there. I have one with Shawn Michaels, Brock Lesnar. Maybe I don't. I don't know if you do. Maybe you have a Polaroid though. I don't know. I have to take a look now. But I just remember that because you were talking to Brock Lesnar about wrestling, I couldn't shake his hand. <laughs> wow. And that's like literally the only time I ever met a wrestler and didn't shake their hand was Brock Lesnar because you. Uh, Why didn't you just like shake his hand after? You hogged the spotlight, man. I don't. What do you mean? I was like intimidated. <laughs> so you just didn't shake his hand because you were scared of Brock Lesnar. No, because by the time it came time for me to stick my hand out, you were like, "Dumb leg, take down, shoot down, coach." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I should have well, learned my lesson before I got into Coco Bana's line. <laughs> what was your other mark out <laughs> moment though? Um my other uh my other um mark out moment was 
Batista being on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I always mark out for whenever pro wrestlers did he, break that. Did like, he dance? I'm sorry? Did he dance? He did not, but he did get a... Um, lunchbox? Uh, yeah, a lunchbox. Well, I don't know why I knew that. Yeah, she... <laughs> And that's, I never, I'm, I didn't see the clip or anything. That's I'm, funny. I'm, I'm just... happy. I'm happy you said that because it was not that term was not coming to my mind. But <laughs> yeah, and she gave him a special one of a kind Ellen DeGeneres lunchbox, and he totally like marked out over it. That's and funny. It's like pink with the like it looked like um, glitter and diamonds all over it, and he was just so happy to get this lunchbox with Ellen's face on it. And he's a big lunchbox collector. Did they show his collection at all? Yeah, they showed a picture of it. It looks intense. He has like yeah, I remember years ago WWE showed it off, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's a big collection of lunchboxes. You wouldn't expect it from like this tall, like this big, like powerhouse of a guy tattooed all over to be a a collector of lunchboxes. Yeah, it's like just totally random. But, but yeah, so I, I marked also, out for uh, him appearing on there. What's that? I also marked out uh, Natalia posted a photograph on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, yeah. Of her, Davey Boy Jr., Brian Pillman Jr., Tyson Kidd, and a Bret Hart stand-up. That, uh, and they're all in the same position as the, as the famous Hart Foundation picture was in front of a wall. So I think that was definitely a cool photograph. Of course, Tyson Kidd filling in for Owen Hart there. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool to see them all together. Hopefully that could come true at some point. Um, Put what? them all together as the Heart Foundation again? Well, just I mean, with, we saw with Pillman. an iteration of it in MLW and stuff with Davey, Brian, and Teddy. That's true. They could have gotten rid of Teddy and I'd be fine with just the two of them. Yeah. You know, Teddy's. I mean, I don't. Awful. I don't see that happening anytime soon with the Hart Foundation because he's in AEW with the Varsity Blondes, killing it on AEW. Yeah, entertaining the masses. Yep, yep. So, uh, and that was basically the markout moment of the week. Um, I don't know. I feel weird not mentioning the fact that John Cena followed us. <laughs> I feel like that's a rite of passage. Uh, yeah, I totally we're, we're now agree with one, you that we're now one of like three hundred thousand or whatever it is. Yeah, it's a total honor that we are followed by John Cena now. I mean, he has a, he has invested time into learning about marking out, which, you know. Like, we we can't see him, but he sees us. Yeah. He sees know? us. For sure. And we appreciate it. So, But those are our mark out moments of the week, and that was episode 537. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out. Facebook.com slash marking out, YouTube.com slash marking out 11, pro wrestlingtees.com slash marking out. Use the code regardless for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, twitch.tv slash marking out, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, markingout.com. Follow us on Twitter at marking out at BTTG161, Chris Sweendog, David PTDPT. Use that for Instagram as well. Mark it out 11 on Instagram. Mark it out 11 on YouTube. BTTG161 on Instagram. We wish you the B-
best, best of your future, future endeavors. Future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Bye. Bye.